Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like him. I love that one line, God with us. And it means so much for each person, and it means different things probably to each person. When I think about that, I think about my dad being at every baseball game, working three jobs and still would attend a baseball game of myself and my brother or my sister or a soccer match or whatever we were doing. I understood what it meant to be in his presence. My dad was with me. And when we look at that, if there's ever been a time in history that we need, need that, we need it now. And the world is just seemingly in turmoil. And we need God's presence in our life. And I think it's such an appropriate time, not just at Christmas time, but right now in the history that we talk about these things. Not just because it's Advent season and we know there's three or four things we're going to talk about, but last week my phone and my, my messenger went crazy with people going, you know something, I just needed to hear the message last week. I just needed to hear about hope. And if you missed it, please, by all means, go to journeycommunity.net media page and go back and listen to it. It was one, in my opinion, it was one of the best messages I've ever heard on hope. And it was because I presented it. So it was really, really, (laughs) really good. Thanks, man. Today, as Caleb's talked about, we're going to talk about peace. Man, you can't wake up in the morning and not feel a pit in your stomach and your stomach gurgling because all the stuff that's going on and Next week, we're going to talk about what real love looks like. Not the world's love, not fake love, but what real love. The love that came with a sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus. We just sang all those songs. that You can't have love. You can't tell me you love me without a sacrifice. And Jesus knew that, and God knew that. He couldn't tell him, uh, his, his creation, that he loved us without a sacrifice. And I can't wait till Christmas Eve when we talk about joy. And I'll give you a little primer. Joy is not just something that happens. It's a choice. It's not based on our circumstances, it's based on a fact. So I'm excited about that. But I was thinking about all this week, and I love, I love the Christmas story, and I love reading the Christmas story, but I was reading, and, 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 and there was a part when, when Caleb was talking to us about the Christmas story a minute ago in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, it says this, and it says, glory to God in the highest heaven and, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. And I thought to myself, uh, the last scene um, of, of, of just about anything out there, the Christmas scene, that's the last thing that I would equate with peace. Like, just let's just be real honest. Like, I don't know if anybody's ever given birth to a child. Not real peaceful, right? Screaming and yelling and cut blood. And, and that was me. And then it was whatever my wife was going through over here. Like, that was pretty chaotic too. I mean, she gets visit, visited by an angel. She gets told that she's going to have a baby. Think about, think about the conversations that needed to happen after that with her parents and her, her husband-to-be and her husband-to-be's parents and the community. That's not, that's not peace, is it? Uh, think about that ride on a, a road on a donkey going into Bethlehem. That's not peace either. And then you have Joseph. We don't talk a lot about Joseph in church. There's not a lot written about him. There's maybe a couple lines. We know that, that he, he had an encounter with, with God and he was told to you know, not, 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 not forsake his wife and all that kind of stuff. But you know, he had to feel a little bit like a jilted lover, didn't he? I mean, here he was waiting for that moment in time where he, he could be with his wife-to-be and then all of a sudden his wife-to-be says, I'm pregnant. I mean, he was thinking Caribbean honeymoon and she's thinking Bethlehem. 
doesn't sound like a lot of peace to me. And then you have shepherds that are taking all the animals from point A to point B. And like, I would have probably said my wife would have thrown the animals out of the room if that was going on when Bethany being born or Courtney and Lindsay, but the animals are all around. That's, that doesn't sound like, that doesn't sound like peace. And then you have the, the magi, the wise men, and they're being told by God by a star of all things, a star. And then one day they're going this direction, they're looking at the star, and there it is. And the next day they're looking at that direction, it's over there, and they're going around. And by, by the way, they have to also bypass somehow or another, they have to bypass Herod, because Herod's trying to figure out where Jesus is being born, and he wants to kill him. But he's setting them up to be the, the tattletales of where he's at. And so they go another way. And then Herod, I mean, you know, there was no peace with Herod. I mean, he, he was told that there was another king being born and being jealous and anxiety-driven. He's thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? He's gonna, so he's going to kill them all. He's going to kill all the firstborn. That doesn't, sound, that doesn't sound like peace at all. And just the city itself of Bethlehem was in chaos. Hundreds of thousands of people were there for a census. They were there to be counted. And so I read that story and I go, where's the peace? And here's what I realized. We're 2,000 years from that moment in time. And guess what? Peace is still eluding us, isn't it? It wasn't just 2,000 years ago, it's right now. As Caleb has mentioned, and, and it's interesting to me, I mean, like, we wake up just about every morning, we hear about a Ukraine, or we hear about, and I got to say this word in church because I love it, Djibouti. I mean, another war in an African, I mean, it's, and can I be real honest with you this morning? I mean, I believe the United States is involved right now in a civil war. It's not with guns. It's being done with words now. It's been crossing when people cross or not. And it's interesting what Caleb said this morning. I didn't know what he was going to talk about, but like for the last seven years, honestly, we've been getting emails and text messages from people we don't even know. And I want to know, first of all, how they got my number. Now, have you noticed you haven't gotten any since last week? But the civil war is going on back and forth. How about internal? Forget global. How about internal? Just the turmoil that's going on a lot of us, loss of loved ones, sickness, jobs, money, time. Amen. Where, where is that peace? I mean, I understand the scripture and all that, but where is it? Why has it eluded me personally? And over the next couple of minutes, what I'd like to look at is a couple of things that we can talk about how to regain peace in this frustrating world we live in. And I think the first thing we all got to figure out is this right here. We have to identify that there's things in our lives that destroy peace. We have to see them for what they're worth. And I know some of you are going, yeah, Pastor Bobby, doing that whole one song and then Caleb coming up, you're destroying my peace. I had an email, are we going to do this every week? And I was like, yeah, every week until, you know, we get done. Maybe we'll do it every week until Jesus comes back just to give you no peace. Luke chapter Two, there was something as I was reading this past week that kind of struck me. It says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And as the radiance of the Lord glorified surrounded them, and watch these next three words, they were terrified. That's a lack of peace right there. Anxiety brings that, that lack of peace. Fear brings that lack of peace. When we, when we don't know what's going to happen next, it brings that lack of peace. When we don't know if that person's going to make it home because of, of whatever's going on in our life, that brings a lack of peace. And so it's not just something that's happened over the last couple of years. It's something that's been happening since the beginning of time. 
and fear will lead us down that road. Is this sudden the angel of the Lord? I want to read it again. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know what needs to happen? We really need to identify those things. We need to rethink what's important. And that's what Romans says. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Do you know in our lives, we always read that passage of scripture. Think about this for a second. We always read that as all the negative things. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. But how about just some of the patterns of this world? How about the way we look at holidays in this world? How about, how about just the way we do parties? And how about the way we do, we do relationships? And how about the way we do li- just life this time of year? Maybe that needs to change. But like God, I love this, but like God, transform you into a new person by changing the way you, what's that word? Think. That means we need to rethink some things in our lives. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, for, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I'm going to give you a couple of things. It's not an all-inclusive. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to slip up. There's probably one that's really important to you that I don't mention, but here's one of the things I think we, we've got to identify. We've got to un, identify unrealistic expectations. Do you know every one of us, and it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, I had somebody walk up to me and said, Pastor Bobby, can we just have a normal Christmas? This is what I want to do. I'm a single mom. All this kind of stuff's going on. And all I want is my kids to think that we're normal for just a couple of weeks. Buying a Christmas present and buying a bicycle and, and going to a party, that is not going to make you, when the, when the dysfunction's there, it's there. And every one of us in this room, we're going, okay, I want my kids to have the best Christmas ever. Let me tell you a secret. You can't top the first Christmas. You, that was the best Christmas ever when Jesus Christ came in the world and 33 years later, he died on the cross first. That's the best one ever. Stop trying to top it. You'll never, you'll never, you'll never succeed in that. How about this one? Here's another one that we just got to give there. Financial pressures. And, and just don't raise your hand, but just kind of nod if you don't want to talk about it. like it comes, it comes in waves this time of year. And we wait all year to December to somehow or another start buying all the presents. Thank you, Jesus, for Amazon. And Amazon in Harlem, by the way. Right? Because they can literally have a package to my house in like 32 seconds. Best Christmas ever. That's what we say. Here's the deal. You're expected to buy a present for your spouses and your kids and your in-laws, and you're expected to chip in on the, the present for your boss. And then there's your kid's Sunday school teacher and your math teacher, and then there's your pastor. And I mean, it just keeps on and on and on, doesn't it? I mean, so you got to figure out which one you're going to cut out. Love the teacher, but got to go. Busy schedules. Anybody have a busy schedule this time of year? It just seems like it just parties, and parades, right? And pageants, and Christmas program, all that kind of stuff. And then you got to cook cookies and you got to, you know, you got to shop and you got to do all that other stuff. Next thing you know, you have no time for yourself. The busy schedule is overtaking you. And you have allowed your schedule to dictate your life instead of you dictating your schedule. Got eliminated. And then Probably nobody in this church, but somebody out there, family conflict, right? I had a conversation with a guy last week, and he said, Pastor Bobby, he said, I do it every year. He said, I start getting knots in my stomach, and it starts going crazy because I know I'm going to have to spend time with my parents. And all they do is rail on how our church is and how we do church and how I do this with my kids and not raising my kids this way. And I'm like, 
What do you do? Okay, what do you do? Because let's face it, you can't stop going to your work Christmas party, can you? You got to get that turkey. All right, that ham's important. Right? You, 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 can't, you can't blow off your kids' holiday parties and their programs, and you can't stop buying presents from them, can you? I mean, for them. You, don't, you can't stop buying from mom and dad and everybody else. So what do you do? Well, maybe the first thing we do is we plan ahead financially. What a great idea that is. Maybe we don't wait till December to buy everything. Maybe we start in January where the stress can come off us just a little bit. Maybe, maybe, just maybe we look at our calendar and go, okay, I've added these five th things. So it's addition by subtraction. I've added these five things. Maybe I need to delete three or four things over here, right? Maybe this thing over here is not nearly as important. How about this? What conversations? Ask ourselves, what conversations do we need to have with our family and friends just to put some limitations on how we're going to do certain things? Maybe that wouldn't be important. Maybe that's healthy. And here's a big one. And this is one, I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you don't hear anything else, please hear this one right here. Have conversations with God about it. Like he's concerned about every detail of your life. And I don't know why we don't include him this time of year when it's really all about him. What kind of conversations are you having with the, the Heavenly Father? I love Philippians chapter 4. It's, it says this, don't worry about anything. That's the problem with our lives. Right? M many of us have bought into, let, let's worry about everything. But it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And I love this next line. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. Then you will experience what? God's peace, which exceeds anything we understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ. And maybe the very essence of this Christmas season, if we don't hear anything else, is maybe we need to start having some conversations with the Heavenly Father. Maybe those conversations right there can lead us to peace when we're in His presence with Him. That it changes everything else. The first thing is, what can we eliminate that destroys? How about this? How about realize the king? And this is so important. And this is, this is a source of a lot of tension. But realize that Jesus came to bring peace to all people. All people. He says, but the angel reassured them. And don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to what's the next two words? Okay. Why do we think it's other than that? We live in a world that's increasingly divided us and them. It's us against them. And I thought, you know something? What is us and them? A lot of us are like, oh, I know what it is. There's no problem. Other religions, why? Why is it? Why is that? Now, how about this? Members of the opposite political party, that's, that's them. I said something to one of our staff members. The last two major elections in Georgia, because of the size of our church, because of the, the content of the church, just the makeup of our church. Do you know that 50% of the people woke up the other day disappointed that their person lost? And 50% woke up that they were excited that their person won? Did you hear me? In this congregation, in this church, I have friends that have gone both ways. And you go, well, they can't be a Christian if that. Stop it. The last time I looked at the Bible, the only prerequisite for being a Christian is asking Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. That's it. That's it. Did you hear me on that? That's it. It's not whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian or you're this or that or whatever you want to quantify yourself. Jesus says he came for all the people. When are we going to stop putting an us and them into play? I'm passionate about this, y'all. Some of my best friends are on the other side of the aisle, and they're my best friends. 
Oh, how about this one? We're going to fight war this year. Everybody that says, everybody that says happy holidays and not Merry Christmas. Man, a couple years ago, y'all remember when Starbucks went crazy? They did red cups that said happy holidays. They took Merry Christmas off. I intentionally, because I have issues, <laughs> went to Starbucks that Sunday morning and I carried my red Starbucks cup on this stage and put it down and went just like this. And I said, we're going to allow that cup right there to ruin Christmas for us. Now, it seems ridiculous two years, but then there was a war being raged. Every disagreement doesn't have to turn into a war. Did you hear me? Every disagreement... Every And when we go into family events, we go into church events, when we go into family events, we realize there's some people that are on the other side of the equation. Whatever that looks like, we're not going to wage war with them. We need to remember that every person that we were conditioned to consider the enemy falls underneath the all people umbrella. Did you hear me on that? Just because I... Oh, man. Somebody's going to get mad at me right now. I'm going to warn you. You can send it to Lee Harper at journeycommunity.net. She has instructions to throw it right in the trash. I'm just kidding. I haven't talked to her about this yet. Can I say something? And I'm going to say it in love. This is what I've learned. Somebody said to me yesterday, truth hurts, doesn't it? I said, nope. The truth with love helps. Did y'all catch that? The truth doesn't hurt. It's truth with love, helps. Just because we disagree doesn't mean I hate you. Just because I don't agree with you, I don't agree with me most of the time. How am I going to agree with you all the time? Just because we disagree. You can go on the rest of your life making mistakes and liking the University of Alabama. That's your prerogative. I love you anyway. <laughs> so if an Alabama and a Georgia fan can get along, surely a Republican and Democrat to get, right? Every once in a while, just because they believe a little, I, I don't hate you. Because it falls underneath the umbrella of what God died for. He came to bring joy and peace and salvation and life abundant to everyone. So let's stop. Here, let me give you the third thing. We need to understand that we glorify God when we practice peace. When we're actually being like him, we're an honor to him. When we're doing what he's called us to do, we're an honor to him. When we're loving our neighbor like we love ourselves, we're honoring him. When we're loving our enemy like he loves the enemy. But by the way, maybe you didn't, he loves our enemies too. The people that have come against you, he loves them. Even when they're arrogant, even when they say, he still loves them. He died on the cross for them. Luke chapter 2, verse 11, it says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and 
you will recognize him by a sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others and armies of heaven, praising God and saying, watch this, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. Now, I've never read it like this before. To those with whom God is pleased. It pleases the Father when we live in peace. We're actually pleasing God. I've heard all kinds of people like, how do I please God? Well, apparently, live in peace. Romans chapter 14, 19 says, so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. 1 Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not a God of disorder, but peace in all the meetings of God's holy people. Matthew chapter 5, 9, if you don't believe it, it says God blesses those who work for peace. How many people know it's work? I love that line, work, it's work, it's work. So yesterday, I had the opportunity. So a lot of you guys know I'm a, I'm a, I love being outdoors. I like to play golf and I love to hunt and fish. And yesterday I decided that I was going to just spend the whole day in the woods. And so I got in the woods at like six o'clock in the morning and um, I got out about 11, 11, 30. And then I went back in the woods about two 30 and it was a great day. And it was great because um, I have no fi- uh, phone signal where, where I hunt. So all the calls that you guys were making to me about your petty problems <laughs> that have taken you 20 years to, and you thought I was going to solve in one minute conversation. I didn't return any of them because I didn't get them until I got home last night. And by that time, I was ready to just spend time with my wife. I'm joking. A little. I will say this. If it took you 20 years, don't depend on somebody else to fix it in a minute. It took you 20 years. Um, I got to work at peace in my life. That means I got to set myself away from chaos at times in my life. And that means I need to get away from people at times. You want to talk about something that destroys when chaos and chaos and chaos? I'd encourage you the next, until between now and Christmas Eve, do do something. Spend 30 minutes in the morning and the afternoon, whenever it is, and just just be quiet. Pick pick, Pick up your Bible. Do something really cool. Let's do something different. Let's read God's word. You want to start somewhere? Read the book of Luke. Start in the book of Luke and just start going through the book of Luke and see what God says. And then go to John. If, you get, if you're that ambitious, go to John. And that's all about how, how much God loves you. Do something to bring peace in your life. He wants all his people all the time together to live in peace. And it takes some work. God has called us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Can, can, I'm going to throw something out. I know, I know that you can't have peace all the time, okay? I'm not. There's times of conflict. Somebody say amen. I'm a manager. I get it. I mean, there's times where I have to have a conversation with an employee. You got to step it up. It's kind of, you know, why did you do that? And But we, we say we can, have rela- we can have critical conversations without relational breakdowns. But you know, by and large, this is what happens. Turmoil frustration, anxiety, fear are our go-to. What would happen if our go-to were peace? What if, what if we were agent of peace in our homes? Like we determined that we were going to be an agent of peace. We're going to turn the volume down in our house. What about if we were an agent of peace in our church? How about if you were an agent of peace in your marriage? Instead of always looking for what's wrong, start looking for everything that's right and just worry about those things. How would that change? Think about that for a second. If you were like, man, that's great. You look, you look smoking hot today. You're, man, that, that, even though you burnt it, it was a little dry. It was still good. Thank you. 
I mean, right? How about if you're a piece in your neighbor? How about if you're a piece in your HOA? <laughs> Everybody in this room is like, nope, not going to happen. Agent of peace, that's what God's called. Okay, so this is what I'm asking you to do. Every person in this room, okay? I'm going to ask you to not just over the next couple days, but for your entirety of your life, I want you to call a truce. Y'all know what a truce is? Anybody know what a truce is? Raise your hand. So it was demonstrated to me when I was 17 years old. And I don't want to brag, but I was a really, really good soccer player. And I had a chance at 17 years old to probably play against the best soccer player that ever played the game. His name was Pele. He was from Brazil. And I had a chance at 17 years old to play against Pele. He killed us. Uh, but I got chose for the all-state team for um, New Jersey my senior year in high school. And one of the teams was coached by an English person, and the other team was a, a, a German coach. And they were coaching, and it was just it was crazy because at that point at 17 years old, everybody was worried about themselves. Every, everybody was trying to get noticed. The New York Cosmos was there. The Philadelphia Fury was there. All the major MLS was there. I mean, everybody was there, and they were looking. It was a scouting thing. And so everybody was about the, the name on the back of the jersey, not the name on the front of the jersey. So the coach sits us all down, and he goes, I'm going to tell you a story, a true story. December 25th, 1914. Anybody know when that was? World War I. Christmas Day. Germans are on one side of the mountain. English are on the other side of the mountain. And the valley is where all the war had been done. There was big potholes and craters from where the missiles and the mortars had blown up. Just before light, Christmas morning, some of the German soldiers started lighting campfires. This is a major no-no in wartime. You are literally letting the enemy know exactly where you're at. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in German, somebody starts singing a Christmas song. It was silent night. And then on the other side, they heard it, they saw it, the English started singing the exact same song in English. Before you know it, the whole little cavern there is, is erupting with this choir of Christmas music. Somebody walks out into the middle. Could you imagine if somebody walks out in the middle? I'd imagine they were an English person because this is what I've heard from English friends. There's two things that a person from England brings everywhere they go, tea and a soccer ball. One of them threw the soccer ball in, in the middle of this turmoil and the craziness of World War I, a soccer game breaks out and everybody's laughing, they're exchanging presents. Day turns to night. They go back to their camps. December 26th, war breaks back out. 20 million, 20 million young people died in World War I. 21 million people were wounded. But for, for a few hours on Christmas Day, there was peace. That's amazing to me. But as I was being reminded of that story, my coaches, our coaches were telling us, it came across, I just, I don't know why I started thinking about it. Who was the first person to go down? Imagine the courage it took to go out in the middle of a 
a battlefield. You didn't know if you were going to get shot or not get shot, but that first person, the courage that it took to be that first person to walk across and shake and for 24 hours, declare a truce. That's what Jesus did for us, by the way, on the cross. He declared a truce with the Father that my sins were not going to be held against me. And here's what I've learned. You wonder why turmoil is on life. If you don't know Jesus, K-N-O-W, you can't know peace, K-N-O-W. And if you have no Jesus, N-O, you will have no peace, N-O. So a lot of the turmoil is because we don't have the right relationship with Jesus that we're supposed to have. And that's where it starts. You'll call him Emmanuel, God with us. His presence with us brings us hope and brings us peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's in this moment. And maybe we simplified this a little bit too much today. Maybe, maybe there's some complex issues that, that we just don't have time to deal with, but you do. So maybe that's the conversation we have. That my mind would be transformed by the renewing of your word, that I wouldn't live in the patterns of this world, that would allow you to, to work in and through me today. Tension's gonna happen, but the way I handle it will demonstrate how much of you I have in my life. And the very time that we need to have, the very time we think about, the very time that we should have peace is this time of year. So God, somehow or another, in this quiet moment, and maybe there's people here that don't know K-N-O-W, Jesus. And my prayer is that they would have a conversation with you and they would understand that if they want real, real peace, it's being in the presence of our heavenly father. God be with us as we continue this Christmas season, this Advent season, and learn more about what it means to be in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.